Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. All right, everybody. Buckle in, sit down, strap up, keep your hands inside the podcast at all times. Welcome to a fun episode of the Deach and Dash podcast presented by Courtesy via an association in conjunction with the Grapple Talk Network, available on Podbean and wherever podcasts are available to you. Welcome to me into your ears, I guess. I don't know. Uh, hope everyone's doing great. It's crazy to think that we're already goddamn two weeks before Thanksgiving. Where is time flying by? It seems like just yesterday I had an awful idea to have a shitty podcast and Look where we are now, slightly further into the year, I guess. I don't know. I'm sitting uh, in my bedroom. Don't get too many ideas. I'm just sitting because the sun's out temporarily. I'm enjoying looking at the, the view, uh, the pickle factory. I, I, there's a, a legitimate pickle factory, pickling pickling factory, canning factory, uh, about a block over. It's an ominous building. Looks like something that the saviors would live in on Walking Dead. And I don't know if November is their peak season, but goddamn, does it smell good now out there. It smells like just the most delicious, freshest pickles. Unless you don't like pickles. At that point, I can say screw you, because I don't like you either. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, it's November. Uh, it's November, which means that the year is just about over. Uh, once November hits, middle of November especially, it seems like all these promotions just get into this rush to run as many shows as they possibly can before the holidays, before people run out of money, and then they start getting after you for next year. And that's always an exciting time when I get to go to the dollar store and I buy a new calendar for 2018 and a new pocket calendar, and I say this is the year I'm organized. And I tried doing it last year or this this year. I tried marking down every single win and loss and everything like that. Didn't get that far. Um, but that's just, I, I, I was one of those people, especially growing up, I would say, a student planner, this is the year I write down every single assignment, when it's due, when it's not due. About three weeks later, I'd be like, oh, crap, uh, I have to do fourth grade again for the second time. So that's just a little peek into my world. Uh, it is November. I, I had a very fun, very fun wrestling weekend this past weekend. I wrestled on the debut show for Berwyn Championship Wrestling, ran by a very nice guy named Frankie, or Frank, I don't know what he likes being called, I don't I called him Frankie, I called him Boss, I called him the suit, the office, you know, but it was a fun time, uh, on the way down, I, was, uh, I met up with Logan Lynch, and I said, hey, we should like record our conversation, because this is like really funny stuff, he said, oh, we'll do it tonight on the way back. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. He says, I bet it will. Sure as shit, it didn't happen. But that's all right. We're going to get Logan on here sometime. But, uh, yeah, met up with Logan. Uh, drove down to Kenosha. Rendezvoused with Ben McCoy and Jason Jay. And then drove down to Berwyn. Uh, had a really fun time. Tried Chester's Chicken. Has anyone ever tried Chester's Fried Chicken? It's like a place that they, they sell chicken with a gas station. Holy shit, was it good. Anyone that would attest, like, I was talking about the rest, of the rest of the week. I'm still talking about Chester's Fried Chicken. I can't get enough of it in my head. Uh, but, yeah, showed up, you know. Uh, it's always fun to be at the Berwyn Eagles, uh, Eagles Hall Club. 
uh, a lot of wrestling that goes on there, a lot of history. You know, you kind of uh, you kind of feel the vibes as you're going through the building of all the wrestling that goes on there. It was a fun show. Uh, turnout was, you know, realistically about as good as I thought it was going to be because it's the first show. You don't really know. The Chicago area is just so, there's just so much wrestling. And uh, we, had, we had a pretty good draw. We had a pretty good time. Uh, Road Warrior Animal was on the show. Jay Bradley had a real fun time shooting the shit with him. A uh, bunch of other guys, you know, I really met before. Like all, uh, our Ego Fantistico. Oh, I've never met him before. He was, it was fun to shoot the shit with him. Just an overall, just an overall good time. The N-Words, they were a freaking riot. I can't believe how funny they were. And, uh, yeah, just a good time. Good time had by all. So, appreciate Berwyn Championship Wrestling having me and letting me dance around in my tassels in a fight against Jaden Roller, guy I've known for a few years. So, that was my wrestling weekend. Uh, that was, that's, that's what I did. I, I beat up another guy with pigtails and then I went home. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess moving on to this week's episode, uh, the guy who's on it's Jason Jerry. This is someone who I've wanted to have on for a while. I but I had Merck on, and I I just I didn't think I could do two OGs like that in a row, so I had to have that TJ Buffer as I ex- explained to him. Uh, so this is a fun to for me like the nerdum in me that like wanted to hear like all the fun stories. I I got a lot out of them. We have a very casual, chill chat in his basement kind of get after it there's a slight break in the middle because my stupid brother adam had just had to call me just had to call me so uh yeah that's what's uh that's what's going on this was up so i suppose we'll get to it before we get to it though uh, i i do gotta put out a quick little plug my new t-shirt is up and rolling at pro wrestling tees it's the stronger thing Jordy lee shirt it looks pretty cool Can, can't wait to get my hands on some of these bad boys myself uh, but yeah, they are avail- available for purchase. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com, search Jordy Lee. I know they're doing a preemptive, or they're doing their annual Black Friday uh, shirt sale. So bookmark this page on your iPhone, on your smartphone, on your laptop, on your computer, all the above. Get after this one, guys. And uh, we'll be back with Jason Jerry. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our Spotlight in the Squared Circle segment where we highlight local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Red guy gaming podcast on the grapple talk network i think it's safe to say if you like wrestling you also like games so join me and my co-host ragbag as we talk about old games new games games we love games we hate special guests interviews and of course ragbag's love for luigi mansion that is all on regular guy gaming check us out did you adopt him? Or? Shut your dog. They were like, there was actually a sign saying, he's been here forever, someone take him. Sure. And I just looked in the eyes and the connection was made and he's perfect. Yeah. Love him. All, all my animals are sheltered. Yes. Yeah. Except for this little one. That was a gift. Well, that's why I keep telling my parents because they want to like get a dog 
and I tell him like just get like a like save a dog. You know? Absolutely. You know, like a pu- everyone loves a puppy, but like save save a dog. For oh, they're so long. loyal too. You save them from that environment. They latch yeah. onto you forever. Well, well, they're broken down too. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have any principles I mean, or rights. Exactly. Yeah. An animal from the humane shell. It's kind of the way you should look for a woman in life too. Really, you want one that's just been used up and that's cast right. aside because then you've set the bar so low. So we're rolling. Are we? That's well, that's a, all right. That's you know. How you start. Hey ladies. <laughs> so uh, I'm in the uh the Jason Jerry basement talking about dogs and we're having a little bit of wrestling. So how's it going, buddy? Uh <laughs> you know it's going. It's going. It's all going. Right. All right. So thank you for uh for being on my crappy podcast. <laughs> thank you for finally including me. Yeah. Well, I I couldn't just like I had Merck and I couldn't just like, you know, jump straight from Merck to you, I had to have that TJ buffer in between, so... Oh, so I'm following TJ. You're following... T- TJ's was, um... I don't know... I honestly don't I know. I listen to it. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was actually one of the better ones. Uh, um, on TJ's first day in the business... Yeah. Um, I made him load up the old ring boards sure. from the watering hole and come with me uh, and maybe a couple others to right here this very basement and okay. put the ring boards down there there are now shelves on the other half that I made but TJ's first day in the business was to go to the Jew's basement that's not he bad. likes telling that story yeah yeah that's <laughs> not bad at all um so I do have some stuff written down I, I kind of just, you know, just wanted to jump around but take me to where like you were mentally or as, like kind of when I got into the business like late 2011 early 2012 are you gonna like introduce who i am like off camera have you already done that in terms of uh, we'll do it in post because I, I, I do that i do that in post yeah, do in yeah. post all right. Yeah, yeah. all right all right fantastic so I mean, you're asking how how i got involved in I wrestling mean, you're, you're jason jerry uh one of them uh I'd, I'd say you're just you're probably on the mount rushmore wisconsin wrestling at this point probably probably yeah, yeah. i'd say like you merc um probably frank and dylan i guess i don't know Huh? Carmine. Carmine, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose. Carmine, I would actually say Carmine and Bassett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, strangely, yeah, but yeah, before, you, before Frank and Dylan. I mean, only were, because Frank and Dylan are really, they were already the understudies to those. Sure, sure. Okay. Frank is just the second generation of Carmine, essentially. I suppose. Yeah. All right. But really, uh, you could argue I was just the second generation of Merck. So, right, uh, right. But uh, yeah, so go back to that. Uh, where were you? Kind of like, were you already on your way out, like 2011, 2012, or eleven, twelve? That's where we're going back to. Yeah, oh, yeah. I when, when I first came ninety nine into, uh, into the business. No, I don't. When, I don't want no origin stories. You know, origin not, stories. No, no. We're we're coming in after Spider Man's parents have already been, or his okay. well, uncle and uncle, All or right. after they've already been killed. Well, just uncle. Uncle. We're, yeah. I don't, I don't ever want to see Spider Man's uncle get killed on screen ever again. I don't care. I'm, well, every I'm reboot, it. it's got to happen. But I hear yeah. what you're saying. We don't yeah. have to kill Uncle Ben right now. Let's yeah. let's get into uh, the Spider Clones era. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, already when you came in, I was turning things over to Bruno. It was right. a, I, honestly, since the first day I got into wrestling, I started searching for the person who could take it over from me. <laughs> okay. I, I always was under the impression of, I'm just going to hold on to this for a while, just kind of spoon right. feed it. Like, like, like a shelter dog, you know? I was going to feed it, I was going to take care of it, and hopefully someone else was going to come along and adopt it. Right. And every time I thought I found someone that could take care of the dog, they let it outside all winter or something. <laughs> you know, you may create your own analogy here. Bruno Bruno was the first to actually come in, 
care about the business aspect of it all. As opposed to just, like, the fantasy booking. Like, bro, I'm going to get my friends booked, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we're just going to have fun. We're going to have fun. It's not, it's a business, and right. you got you to gotta get the sponsors and talk to the venues, and Bruno was the first to really care about running it like a business, because before that, there was... Ben Johnson almost ran it. Ben Johnson. <laughs> Shane and Rob actually almost took over sure. uh, for a while, but sure. then um, I, they ended up founding Mercury One instead because they just wanted something fresh. Right. Which was fine. We made it through it. But yeah, so when you came in, I was trying vigilantly to get the heck out of there. I wanted nothing to do with it at that point. Okay. Do you uh, do you remember like the the first uh, the first show I did at all? Do you remember that? No? No. November, well, it was actually, yes, uh, seven, six years ago this month, pretty much, at the Rendezvous in Luxembourg. Okay. I mean, I did a lot of shows at the Rendezvous. Yeah, So yeah. we put you out there as local guy. Did you get squashed uh, by Oh No, Sadist? no, I mean, I, I just got beat up. I just got bumped. That was, like, oh. my first day of, like, bumping and stuff like that, helping okay. set up. And uh, I uh, I didn't really ever want to be in wrestling ever again after that, because I didn't realize it hurt that much, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think we assumed you were the local kid. I think you were coming from Luxembourg at that point in time, or at least that's what Bruno told me, uh, so he yeah. thought they were selling you as the local Kiwani County kid. Yeah, well, I mean, then I had my, my first match, like, I mean, pretty much two months after that against uh, Steve back at the run. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, 2012... A bunch of new faces kind of come in mm-hmm. between me, Gus, Stash, uh, Corey, and Preby. Kind of came back into the fold. What were your thoughts on all that? With all these, or did you did you care? Did you were you just kind of like, well, here's like the new whatever? No, as I recall, I was actually using it as a key marketing point. Um, we had the guys that have been around for a while, sure, and we had this new infusion of youth. Um, and it wasn't the first time we had a massive infusion of you. Because it was, it was a lot of people just out of nowhere, it felt like. I, we probably needed a refresher. And yeah. I, I, as I recall, what I was doing right there was splitting the end into Wisconsin and the ACW shows. Like, yep. it was two separate rosters. I wanted to do, like, a SmackDown Raw roster split. Sure. And I wanted to run the ACW shows in a, in a way so that that was the young kids, the new kids coming up. Because that's what ACW was in 98. Right. Before they started adding, adding Adam Pearce and Rock and Randy and the state stars, they were just local kids. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. So we used Corey in his comeback. I really wanted him to be the focal point of that. Bronson Bay jumped in on that oh, very yeah, soon, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. We put him in too, too soon. Uh, I think it was his second time at a camp, and he <laughs> talked me into putting him out there in the ring. He was very persuasive. You and Gus, you were just always willing to do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's what was going on there. It was a definite youth movement marketed towards ACW as a separate thing. Okay. A lot of people didn't get that there was trying to be a separation, okay. but it was intended to be. Why, uh, why Corey? Did you want him to be like the the mass head of it? He was new to the fans. He was new to the fans, but he was already a vet to me in terms of how long he had been around. He had done some graphics work and website stuff for me, and he always wavered back and forth. He enjoyed doing the yard stuff. He had some friends down in the yard, and he just liked doing it. And then eventually he decided, no, I'm going to do this for real, quote-unquote. You know, as real as indies get. And Sure. Absolutely. I mean, he and Preby together, I probably saw them working elsewhere and decided, yeah, these are the guys I'm going to go with. Yeah, sell some tickets. Yeah, I don't know. if Maybe it was Kurt, I think, gave them the stamp of approval at that point in time. But I was yeah. always good with Corey. I always liked Corey. So. You know, uh, like Kurt, you know, dysfunction, like um, his, uh, I'd still say to this day, his 
because he's been around forever. His stamp of approval on people on, on someone like it means a lot in the state. Like, it realistically. does. And it's kind of weird to think yeah. about, but it, it means a lot. Kurt and I, our roads traveled parallel for a lot. I mean, he was when I came into wrestling, he was like a seventeen-year-old kid just starting to work for sure. Carmine. You know, I was already mm-hmm. in my thirties and such, but he. Um, yeah, I do have a lot of respect for the way Kurt uh, searches and and validates the existence of his young kids. He's yeah. he's a good judge of talent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, then, I think like yeah, fall two thousand twelve, more or less. That's when this started. Uh, I started hearing talks of leaving like the NWA. Okay. And I remember. You pulled me, Gus, and Corey into the bar side of uh, Baba's with Bruno, and he said, this is my brain trust. We have to come up with a new name for the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you were there. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember this being true. Okay, well, yes. okay, so, and then, so what were the other, some of the other names to, like, rename ACW or NWA Wisconsin? Do you remember any of that no, at all? I don't no. remember any other alternate names, probably because I had already decided it was going to be Wisconsin some professional wrestling sure okay. <laughs> i really wanted to just have a generic name right. that we could use to run shows all over the state and i could even you know license it out kind of what's going on now we got yeah. dakota and others that are running those shows jake and Ruthie, that's what yeah. i wanted yeah. I-, I wanted what the nwa was was essentially a pyramid scheme that offered insurance and belts yes. flat out yes and it put you in contact with names and other. it was it was a great so it was facebook before there was facebook was yeah, the nwa yeah. You know, I, I could, uh, on a moment's notice, get Jeff Jarrett's phone number if I had a spare $2,000. <laughs> right. But uh, what I was looking for was kind of a Wisconsin professional network to be a network of other feds operating out of different cities towards one common goal. Sure. Uh, plus, I really wanted, I, I wanted the Wisconsin Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame to be a thing that honored people outside of the companies that I had founded and worked for. Okay. And I figured naming it something generic like that Bruh, might, yeah. might get a, a hold on even way down the road yet, you know? Just yeah. the fact that there's that name and it goes back so far. Someone might pick it up someday, but at least yeah. I put the name on it to where it's where I think it should be. Okay. Uh, to kind of break out just a little bit. Uh, something I ask a lot, you know, a lot of people is uh, ketchup or mustard. Uh, I absolutely love mustard. Which I know that's yellow? not a popular answer with you. Um, <laughs> not yellow straight. I mean, yellow straight, that's got to go on like a hot dog. Like the, the cheaper the hot dog, the yellower the mustard. <laughs> uh, but I do like the brown mustard, the fancier mustard. Sure. The grape poupon. Yeah. Um, I love it. Uh, frankly, there are certain foods that I will eat only because it would be considered uncouth to just put mustard directly into my mouth. Okay. If I could spray it in my mouth alone, yeah. let's just say I may have. You ever gone to the, the mustard museum? No. There's a mustard museum, I guess. I think it was Wisconsin. You know, I think now I attached mustard to like hipster uh, like there's I think there's a like restaurant called the mustard seed and, and I think I'm like oh and I'm guessing it's all organic and gluten free so that kind of mustard not so much sure. but your your ground brown mustard 99 cents a jar yeah. uh, love it love it I put it on anything I, I, uh, I'm i guessing I've answered your question now but I could go no, on about no, mustard I, for quite some it. time I dig it I appreciate it uh, <laughs> In all the years of promoting and running and you know booking and everything like that, what are what was like? Would is there a show that you would consider to be your best show, or like or or your favorite show? 
I know that's going to be a hard question because you were in, the, in it for so long. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of favorites, and the more we sit and the more we would drink in a, in a perfect uh, setting, I could tell you about all of them. You know, I think the, the show I'm most proud of how it looked yeah. was the one show we did at Tom, Dick, and Harry's, which is now the distillery. Yes. We had... I know Al Snow was there. Road Dog? Road Dog and Al Snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Hero's buddies, but essentially Dave <laughs> Dave Hero's friends. Yeah, yeah. And I knew I I oh I could tell you stories about going down and hanging out with at Comic Con in Chicago with Dave Hero and sure. Kevin Nash and X and Waltman and yeah, yeah. China was there and those were good times. But I loved you know, Dave always got me the best deal on those guys. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, Dave, love Dave. Yeah, Dave yeah. Dave do you know what Dave belongs on that Mount Rushmore? Maybe even on the top of it. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave runs it like a business more than anyone in this state ever has. Yeah. Period. Uh, he could make a living off of it, absolutely. But yeah. there's probably better ways for him to do so. But the Tom, Dick, and Harry show for me, we had not just one name, two big names. Yep. Uh, it was a great venue, probably the best pure venue I've ever run. Right. We had the backing of PMI, which was so hard to get for an indie, you know, back then to right. deal with the the, the PMI. Uh, we just we rocked it. We had a giant wall-sized screen that we ran pre-tape promos and our sure. entrance videos. We had, it was almost like it was probably more technically superior than going to a TNA show now. Okay. <laughs> um, and yet at the end of it, PMI just they're like, oh, we still don't like the wrestling. No, Why and it was that? such a letdown because it was such a great show, and they're just like, yeah, we're not going to do this again. Why did they like the wrestling? I don't know. Uh. I got real emo after that show. I really considered hanging it up. Uh, Mason Quinn had to console me afterwards. Uh, but it, it was rough. It was a heartbreaker because I thought we just did a really good job on that show. And they said, no, we're going to stick to the bigger shows over at the Ration Shop Go Hall. This is too small time for us, yeah. what basically. What year was that? I can't tell you. I'm awful with numbers. Were there any other... You said Mason Quinn. Were there any other like guys that are around now like that were on that show? Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't all that long ago, I don't think. Um, Definitely, I mean, before I was in, like, what? Maybe probably. I'm sure, you know, I, I really have a hard time separating the 20 years. Sure. It bleeds together because so many people have come and gone, and, you know, like, right. from long time to St. Holmes, you know, they probably worked for me for a year here, a year there, separated right. by five years. I just look back on it as one giant glob. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned um, NWA being like a like a pyramid scheme. Yes, it absolutely was. It, well, yeah, and, and you know, to some some companies, like it's super important that like they want that that NWA thing. Yeah. And speaking of pyramid schemes, I I still remember this day something that you said to me when I was uh, just a little green baby taking stuff off the bus and stuff like that. And Holly's up. Buster wants to be friendly again. Buster the dog sits next to me. He definitely wants attention. We'll, we'll, we'll see how long he lasts. I'm but, down to like 20 pet pets now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll never forget something that you said to me uh, on one of my first couple times, like unloading the bus, was you said, you know, all this shit, if you can find other people to do it, then it, you don't have to do it, basically. Do you remember saying that to me? Or you, you, And you called uh, setting sense. up like a pyramid scheme, basically. 
the more people you can find to help you out with it. Hmm. Kind of like, uh, what was it, Tom Sawyer painting the fence, sure. tricking people kind of thing. But at the same point in time, I never made anyone do what I wouldn't do myself. Exactly. And I did sure. handle a lot at the top end of it. Like, nowadays, I'm sure promoted, they got separate poster guys, separate ticket guys, separate, you know, sales guys and sure. everybody. I, I did like it all and and I was obsessive over the little things like even the programs I did like eight page full color programs to give away and I would spend an entire night at Hanrahan's having people stapling these programs together mm. um, but yeah if you can it's not so much a it, it, there are two ways of taking that advice I gave you one sounds like you're taking advantage of people <laughs> but what it really is is me saying find people to share the load because you're stronger together Right and the strength of an indie fed, I will always say, depends on the crew more right. than the wrestlers. I agree. More than the re- wrestlers, you can book them. Yeah, can and a lot of them, they go, be- you know, they they fill both of those roles. Right. Um. And the more guys you have that are dedicated crew, your guys, right? They got to get those spots. Give them the spots. Make something out of them. The other guys, you're paying a hundred bucks back in the day. I don't know where it's at now, but um. Yeah, yeah, it's a thousand because of inflation. Is it? Damn. Yeah, th- th- times be tough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got to come. They're not going to lift boards and stuff. So the, honestly, they're sure. a dime a dozen. You're only going to book one of them this month, one that month. Treat right. them like their names or pseudo names. Right. Anyway. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let me see. Uh, you had a lot of people kind of come through the doors. Well, I mean, not a lot. A shit ton of people <laughs> come through the doors, and. You know, you just showed me, like, a clip of something that you wanted to put up, and I saw a lot of guys on there, like a punk, Lana, uh, Bambino, a couple of guys like that. I think I saw Gangrel. Yeah. Who, out of, like, all the people that you've seen come through, who did you know was going to make it? Like, make it to, like, WWE and everything like that? Or, or yeah. Answer that uh, question first. Okay. Um, I was wrong about a few of them. I'll be honest, straight Please. up. Uh, Loker. Uh, Jason Loker was one of the first from that original ACW group that sure. I thought could have made it. He had a great head on his shoulders. He was just a smart, classy guy. Big Daddy Loker. Yeah. yeah. But maybe because of, you know, he was above that. He didn't want to travel. Right. Um, and he was plagued by injuries and all that. But he had he had the talent to do it. Uh, Sadist, his expiration label might have expired, but boy, when he first came in, I thought, I'm going to be proudly saying I knew this kid. Yeah, yeah. Sadist, I still can't say enough good things about Sadist. Oh, he's the best. I would, I, I would go gay for Sadist. Steve, Steve's, Steve's, uh, Steve's a good friend of the podcast, so yeah, I'm sure he'll well, appreciate that. Hi, Steve. I love you in a slightly <laughs> uncomfortable way. Uh, so you're saying the nobodies... Yeah, yeah. Who did I know that? You know, of course, Punk was already well on his way to becoming a somebody, so it would be fair from it would be unfair sure. for me to pick Punk. Okay. He already, oh, he knew he was going places, and he made it very well known that he was going places. Whereas sure. Cabana was always more grounded. He was a fun guy. He just wanted to hang out. He had a crush on my girlfriend at the time, and we always laughed about it. Uh, I loved Scotty absolutely, but Punk sure. always just really rubbed me as just an arrogant, sure, sure. jerk. Uh, who else were you, uh, say like, there's some that you were wrong about or, or some that you like predicted? I'll tell you what, I never thought that AJ Styles was really going to make it. <laughs> no? So I was wrong about that. I thought he, he was a nice guy, very good worker, Yeah, yeah. but like a dead fish emotionally. Absolutely okay. a dead fish. Sure. Uh, of course, you know what? The same goes for Austin Aries. 
so I guess maybe that is kind of a sign of success. If you have no personality, two you might make level, it. Levels yeah, I brought in AJ Styles and Chris Daniels, I think, on two separate weekends. Uh, loved Chris Daniels. Oh, did we party. <laughs> Daniels and I partied like crazy. There are Polaroids around of Russian <laughs> uh, or U- Uzbekistan immigrant workers that were there <laughs> helping out at the uh, fairgrounds that we had a good time with. But AJ would sit in the corner and drink his grape fago that he actually brought with him on the plane. He wouldn't trust, bo- he wouldn't trust that a place wouldn't have grape fago, so he sure. traveled with a 24-pack of it. Okay. I don't know, it always struck me, but it might be the unique ones that always made it. Right. Uh, talking about bringing in like a Christopher Daniels and AJ, uh, I know you uh, people you speak really fondly of is like Gangrel, mm-hmm. Jerry Lawler. I think mm. you speak fondly of him not so much. Well, Jerry Lawler was a pro. I okay. mean, and then Disco Inferno is one of your favorites, right? Disco Inferno was indeed one of my favorites. And I I do do put up was on that one because we are Facebook friends and there are a lot of times when I have to debate unfriending him. Uh, He's very far right now. He went extremely far right. Uh, Off the charts right. Past Mason Quinn right. But, I mean, I I was a fan. There were only two times in my life when I liked watching wrestling. Uh, one was in the old days, the 80s, the Bam Bam Bigelow short run. You had the Million Dollar Man, and Hogan was kind of taking a step back. It was okay. Ultimate Warrior, Savage, those guys. Hogan was there, but not wrestling a lot. He'd sure. hit the big shows. But I liked your undercard, your 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 C-listers, even some of the D-listers. Yeah. And then I came back, and it was actually some of my friends, including Will the Thrill, uh, when I started, when Will the Thrill got hired at Channel Two, he befriended me, and he's the one that got me back into wrestling. Sure. He would always come over on Monday nights before work, and uh, we would, with the professor and some of the other A Two NWO, would watch Monday Night Raw and uh, Nitro a lot more. Nitro, not it was, yeah, it was Nitro was the Monday program, right? Yeah, yeah. Thunder, I confused Nitro and Thunder, but we, I like WCW more because they had more characters. Okay. It's kind of like in comic books. I like the book that has the giant team, like the Legion of Superheroes, as opposed to the solo books. Batman. The, I never picked the up West Batman. West Coast Super- Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They were a smaller group, but yeah, uh, the more members, the better for me. So uh, that's why I like WCW. You could watch three hours and see how many different guys that appealed to so many different. Th- and I, we adopted the Disco Inferno as our favorite. <laughs> Flat out, we just uh, we just we're like we like that guy. He's got some personality. Sure. He is a terrible worker, but that's what we like about him. <laughs> like he would lose nine out of ten matches, right? But that one match he would win was just so exciting, right? So we always loved him, and you know, I always said my my goal to uh, own a wrestling fed is to. Book the Disco Inferno. And once I've done that, then I'm done. Well, how, how I did, did it that, and I, I didn't quit. How did that happen? How did you, you get a hold of Disco? Oh, I, you know, when, when, when you've been promoting for a while, you just know the right people. Okay. You know the right people who have the right people. And these guys, you know, they wait for phone calls from promoters. And at that right. point in time in his career, I think he was working for TNA. Actually, I think I had done some shows down in Milwaukee with Simon Diamond. And he put me in touch uh, with Glenn. And, you know, it was just more of a case. And I, not being a huge wrestling fan, 
uh, I do refer to these guys by their names, and it's not to kind of put myself over. It's because because I feel like they yeah. they think it's something rare. Like yeah, this yeah. guy's booking me for a wrestling show, and he's calling me Glenn. <laughs> I find a lot of them really liked that over the years. Yeah, yeah. I don't treat them like stars. So I never treated Glenn like a star. I waited until later that night at the after party to actually pull out the box of Disco Inferno stuff I wanted signed. And he's like, "You've been hiding this from me all day." I still have a box of signed Disco Inferno things on the other side of the basement. eBay it? No. No? It's mine. Okay. Right, fair keep enough. it forever. Fair enough, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I don't think it would be worth anything, because no. I think Glenn's just a bouncer at a bar. He got arrested for running poker games at his house. Yeah. Um, they say, don't meet your heroes. I did, and it was a great night, and I really sh- can't refer, I will not refer to him as my hero after that. No. No. Uh... So say I don't know if you I don't know if you listen to the pod at all, but I, I watched the one with Merck. Okay, or listen, listen. <laughs> I, I still watch. Yeah, yeah. I can't not it's, watch. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, so you're on death row. You get your last meal before they take you in to you know put you to sleep and whatnot. What is your last meal? You know what? Whatever it is. I would like it laced with arsenic so I can go up my own damn way. (laughs) So I would like to make myself, and I make a really mean tuna tetrazzini. I would like to allow them me into a kitchen where I can make my own tuna tetrazzini. And somehow, someway, I will beat them off of this earth. They won't take me. I will. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's definitely one of the weirder... weirder Arsenic laced... Tuna tetrazzini. Yeah, yeah. With some mustard. Plenty of mustard. That's horrible. That that does not go well together. Uh, you talk, you know, you put a lot of emphasis on the crew Mm. more than the, more than the wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Who are some of your favorite crew guys or crew people? Like, I know like you and Thrill are pretty tight. Thrill's the, one of the best people on the planet. Thrill is one of the best people on the planet. He is actually the godfather of my son. Okay. So, aren't like, you to Gusts? So, you, you know yes, that. You, yes, Like, I you know that about, bond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will and I started in TV together, and our our bond is so much closer than wrestling. Uh, another, there have been several, uh, Ben Johnson. We all, I think, miss Ben Johnson. Ben, ben Johnson. Ben Johnson is one of those once-in-a-lifetime kind of people who just has this energy and humor about him to where he's just always intense. Yeah, yeah. You just... Uh, you loved being around Ben Johnson. Uh, Eric Hero was always a great guy in terms of the work great he did guy. for me great and guy. his his competence. He's a very yeah. competent person. He's smart, <clears throat> very much so. Uh, and uh, you know, honestly, I know not a lot of people like him, but Jerry Styles was always great behind the scenes. Yeah. Always did whatever I wanted, and he was great with sponsors. Right. He was a great businessman and a salesman too. Tell you what, man, like a good like that's why I always tell people about Bruno I was like man Bruno's so good at getting sponsors I will always you, say that yeah, absolutely. if you can find someone who can get sponsors like man hold on to him near death <laughs> sometimes uh, the flip side of that is you might get a ref Kyle as to where oh, he's getting Ralph Kyle brother <laughs> to where he's getting sponsors and the sponsors don't even know that they're sponsoring it sure. and it's really just Kyle saying hey I got you an ad on the wrestling show brother and then they have to call me up and say I don't want to be associated with your wrestling please no yeah, yeah. this has happened yeah this is yeah so it, you got to be careful they got to be a legit salesman Bruno Jerry those guys were always legit yeah sure you know Bruno actually and this is uh I think it was 
the first Baba show back in 2012, like when we, Bruno started running there, uh, before camp, I use quotation marks, before camp, Bruno pulled <laughs> all of us green guys aside and taught like an impromptu seminar on how to get a sponsor. Uh-huh. And it's 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 pretty enlightening because he has like do scenarios with each other. It's pretty smart though. Like you know you don't ever hear promoters do that. No, like, you don't. That he cared that much that he wants to try to teach people how to do it. And he wanted you all to earn your way too. Right. You know back that how it it's how it used to be back in the old For days. Sure. You had to get sponsors if you wanted to get on that show. Or, you, yeah. you had or you had to sell tickets to exactly. make your money. Right. And you know that. It was kind of a tough love kind of thing for the young kids. You wanted them to earn their way so that when they became veterans, they then wanted the next generation to do the same Precisely. thing. It was it was necessary for the future of the business because if you got that one generation who didn't do any work, they were never going to pass that on, and then right. it would just die. Well, you know, and uh, I I think I've paid my dues. I don't know, but the way I always look at it is like. When, when good things start coming your way, you want to, like, almost work harder for it. And you want to, like, pass it on even more because you're, like, it's good karma. You, know, it's you have hauled so many out. boards and put up so many rings and helped with so many buses that you have definitely earned the your bus. business. Let, let's, talk, let's talk about the bus, the, the day the bus died. The bus makes an appearance on that show I was going to show you. Oh so, God. NWA Showcase, episode 8, there's actually a promo in front of the bus. Let, let's yeah. talk about sure. the, the, the day the bus died. Uh, I think, you know, you just, like called me or, or you or you probably texted me or messaged me or whatever and said that you need help with the bus because it was it needed to go to the repair or something like that right mm-hmm. so you said hey can you follow me uh in your car to the bus or something like that <laughs> yeah it was it's something like that i needed and, someone to follow me in case it broke down because i knew it was coming and then it broke down yes and and it died that day yeah it died uh somewhere on the border between dupier and ashwabnon yeah um I had already had it towed twice on separate occasions, yep. and I didn't want to have it towed again because it's like $300 to tow a bus. For sure. And so I called in Bruno. I called in you. I called in my dad, which I don't normally do, and we couldn't <laughs> get it going. And a cop rolled up, and he said, you got to get it out of here. Right. And he, honestly, he was a real dick about it. Yeah, yeah. He sat there with his lights on, and he said, I'm going to sit here till you get this out of here. That's and awful. so I had to call and have it towed away, and then I that was the final time, and Bruno said, I'm just going to sell it for parts. Right. And he did. It was towed away, and I watched it go, and it was scrapped for parts. Right. Yeah, sad day. I, I miss the bus sometimes. It was, it, it was an, it, you know what, it was an inanimate object that felt like part of the family. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah. Well, and uh, I felt like me and the bus broke in together, you know, so. <laughs> and it was always nice to have that mobile locker room, because you, you yeah. get those shows where, as a crew, you want to hang, and yep. sometimes the venue just isn't conducive to hanging, sure. but you always had the bus. Well, and the bus is great, too, because you could kind of angle it with, like, the entrance or whatever, and then yes. you had a locker room behind it. Oh, there were many times where we used the bus for the structure of the entranceway. Absolutely. Precisely. Yeah. One of, More feds should get buses. They should. They should. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite bus memories was at the uh, 4th of July Camel Sports Show. Yeah. And mm. Devin, being Devin, he does the old, uh, hey, it's so hot that my wiener fell off, so he tucks his, you know, between his legs. And he's, like, showing off. He's like, hey, everybody, my dick fell off. And then Shane comes by behind him with his big farmer thumb and sticks it right in Devin's ass and picks up Devin off the ground, <laughs> basically. I... I didn't see that. Probably because oh, I was driving the bus. It was amazing. <laughs> it was hilarious. Well, it was like during the show. Like, oh, okay. De- like Devin just was a saying in like the bus like exit, and Shane just picked him up with his thumb and his butt. So, yeah. We, I mean, 
It's a good You've time. been in bus parades, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah I, I've bus been parades in one. with something else. Yeah, I've been in one. Yeah, just one. Just one. Oh man, we've the done campus dozens. Sport one. Yeah, I don't, well, actually, I don't even know if the bus was. I don't think the bus was actually even in the parade. I think it was just me, Devin, Brock, Jake. All right, Weasel, so that was the other year then, because we Benny did take Rod. the bus through Campbell's. Park. I've seen those we pictures. Did. Yeah, I've all seen right. those pictures. We had yeah. Hayne on his motorcycle riding yep. in front of it and all that. It was awesome. So let me see something. Okay, so. You and I kind of been tied together quite a bit the last couple of years because of the whole me possibly being your son thing. Yeah, I don't know where it came from and I don't know where it went. <laughs> I don't know where, yeah, exactly. Yeah, same here. And it was because when I first broke into wrestling, like I I was pretty, pretty clean cut, didn't yes. really have a head of hair, but then when it started growing in, it was blonde and curly. Mm-hmm. And then somebody started, maybe it was Lieb or someone started the whole uh, Jordy, Jerry thing. And then Bruno, my first couple of shows, I was actually like booked as Jordy Jerry or yeah. Jordy Lee Jerry. Yeah, Bruno was doing all the booking at that point, so I was merely an observer. But sure. Yeah, well, I recall it. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that? My thoughts were, I-, I thought it was awesome, and I thought you were the perfect kid to run that angle, and you would always call me dad, and I thought it was I amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I've learned you call everybody dad, and so uh, it no longer feels special. Uh, I call Steve Pop Pop. And I call my dad actually dad. Okay. But I, I still call him. And then dad. I thought I've heard you call many people dad. Uh, maybe I do. Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah. Well, I, it's because I have daddy issues. Well, you know what? If you if you mean it, if it's something special when you call me that, that's fine. I think so. Okay, good. I think so. You know, if if I were to, you know, if I had a son, uh, yeah, you'd you'd be in the running. Okay. I actually have a son. So no, no offense, well, Alex. Well, and and uh, we we did the math once. I think when uh, you said, "How old are you, anyways?" and yes. where were you born? Yep. <laughs> like, I told you, you were like, "Gee, I don't know." You're like, "Probably not," but. Don't, yeah. don't, yeah, don't I mean, I think the timeline could have worked out, but I never made my way down to Oakfield. Well, I was born in Appleton, though. Oh, well. Lived in Kakana. Okay. I, oh, I avoid Kakana, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, that leads me to, then, uh, the the first paycheck you ever gave me. Mole Lake? Mole Lake, yeah, mm. we took that infamous picture. I don't remember it unless there's a picture of it, typically. And, there's, there's, and that's going to be the picture that I post with, like, putting out this podcast. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, you came up to me. Do you remember what you said? It's not specifically. I don't. You said to me, "I know how much or I know how big of a deal this is for you." So here you go. Okay. And, and like you like gritted your teeth as like you gave me the, the sure. envelope. Yeah. And, oh, a show, of course. And I then, was happy to do it, but I had to look like the guy that was unhappy about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then Poggle Poggle Blast took the picture at the exact same moment, and you were like, uh, like. Like you're half angry but half happy. Sure. But and I gave that stupid young Jordy pose. Like, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, the big mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a great picture. It was a great moment in in your life. <laughs> <laughs> were uh, was there anyone else like that you gave their first paycheck to that you were extremely happy for them or or anything like any any good stories on that end? I'm sure or? there are. Yeah. Oh. See, this is one of those things where where I would have to. See down and do a written interview because my memory isn't all that great i got sure. i got stories I, I can write a book yeah, but yeah. sitting down and putting me on the spot sometimes doesn't work i'm, I'm not sure if there are any others that i was as proud <laughs> of giving you a paycheck right i really i you know you're on the top of the list you really are you know i turned that paycheck into like 300 dollars. did you at uh what is it roulette they had that electronic roulette table there okay I, I feel bad because I don't gamble. Like, it's a thing. I've sure. never gambled and I don't oh, gamble. I so now I kind of feel like I gambled via you. 
Yeah, you did. Yeah, but at least I'm glad it worked out for you. It worked out really well. Yeah, right. yeah. I turned, uh, I turned the eight dollars. I shouldn't say I never gambled because thanks to the Mole Casino and their damn Star Wars machine, I'm oh, down yeah. twenty dollars. This is Chris from Spot Monkey Media. Are you a professional wrestler, a promoter, a business owner? Spot Monkey Media is graphic design for the wrestling professional. We offer design services for t-shirts, event posters, 8x10s, logos, and even ring gear. But if you're not in the wrestling business, we work outside the ropes. Go to SpotMonkeyMedia.com for more information. Spot Monkey Media. Create your legacy. Hello, wrestling fans. Cole Cabana coming to you live from the one-hour tease arena in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. The pro wrestling action has been great so far. As you can see, Joey really dominating the ring so far. There's a beautiful belly-to-back suplex. And, uh-oh. Looks like Joey's shirt has been ripped. What's up with that? You ripped my shirt. Let's go check an instant replay, see exactly what happened there. You can see Joey's shirt ripped from the collar, and that's not good when you're trying to wear your pro wrestling t-shirt. Man, you ripped my shirt. It's my only shirt. Joey. Hey, looks like Ryan from One Hour Tees just threw Joey Ryan a brand new t-shirt. Thanks, pro wrestling tees. ProWrestlingTees.com, over 3,000 wrestling t-shirts designed and sold by pro wrestlers. Wrestlers such as Steve Austin, CM Punk, Macho Man, Mick Foley, DDP, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake, Hexaw, Jim Duggan, Scott Hall, Ted DiBiase, Cole Cabana, Joey Ryan, Cliff Compton, and the entire Bullet Club. All stores owned by pro wrestlers. Support pro wrestling today and visit ProWrestlingTees.com. So, Empire Strikes Back's your favorite. Absolutely. I think most, uh, any learned Star Wars fan will tell you that Empire Strikes Back is the... Uh, most carefully constructed and well-written movie of all of them. Sure. You know, something I've noticed about Star Wars is that within the Star Wars, like, vacuum, the titles make sense, Mm -hmm. and they don't sound goofy. But, like, I don't know, if you put out a movie now called Empire Strikes Back without any context, I don't know if people would necessarily see it. Everything about that? Or uh, Revenge of the Sith, like they're, like within Star Wars, they make sense. The title makes sense. It's hard for me to. I can't divorce myself from the knowledge of it enough to really think about it that way. Yeah. It's so in my head. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 sure. There are other things that I like the. Uh, uh, what, what's the movie with the the uh, the Jennifer Lawrence uh, franchise? Hunger Games. You know, they have little titles that don't do. make they, they don't make sense. I, I agree. Or Harry Potter. The, or... the Mockingbird's Hungry Again. I don't, you know, what? The I, Lord I, of the Rings I hear it and I just, that's that's sure, what it is sure. to that universe. Okay, yeah, me. the Potter as well. Sure. I think people just see it and like, oh, that's what that universe that's what is. That is, yeah. yeah. Uh, and did you see, Are you have you seen like the new ones, like The Force Awakens, Rogue One? Are you going to see the next one? Here's the thing, I, I, I've seen them. Uh-huh. I didn't make it a priority. Right. I think I've seen them in the theater, but like nowhere close to the first couple weeks they were out. Same. Uh, like I would go on the discount nights. Yeah. Or just yeah. I'd get I I would go during the day on a Tuesday yeah. afternoon or whenever it's five dollars I'd go see it. Yeah, I, I saw Force Awakens with my brother brothers in a ripping at their six dollar movie theater. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there were the Rogue One. There were parts I liked. I liked the the end. That went right into oh, Star Wars. Oh, we can Wars. spoil it. Like we we can just say straight up that Darth Vader shows up. I don't. If oh, people haven't yeah, seen it at no, this point, fine. they can suck it. I like the way it bled into 1977 sure. for me. It made a lot of sense. It set it up for sure. But it also killed off a lot of characters that I will never care about. Yeah, same. They weren't around enough. I can't tell you their names. I can I, tell yeah. you. I can go on for an hour about Lobot, a guy who doesn't <laughs> even talk in The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. 
But I don't know the names of the people who starred in those movies, yeah, other Rogue than, Ones. well, they're dead now, so who cares? Yeah, I have figures tough. of a few of them over there, and sure. I don't care. <laughs> Rogue One kind of felt like a video game. I guess. A video, like that you like you, you buy or rent or whatever, and then you beat like in two days or It's a, a day. spinoff that's not inherent to the main structure of anything. Yeah, the best part's for sure when Darth Vader shows up and just starts slicing people apart. I think that's pretty pretty awesome. Oh yeah, you mean the opening scene from Star Wars, no, no, or as Ro- we called, you know, A New Hope, or as well, we called no, it, Star Wars. Like like the end of Rogue One. Right, the end of Rogue One slash beginning of A yeah. New Hope. But like, Best you you don't ever really truly see Darth Vader just kick ass like that. Exactly. I want to see a Darth Vader standalone movie. It would be nice. Well, the problem was when Darth Vader was originally in the movies, he was played by like a seven foot British guy who had the agility of a camel. Yeah, <laughs> correct. So these guys weren't big fighters. You know, you had Jackie Chan doing your stuff, but the guys in Star Wars, they were actors, not fighters. And the stunt coordinators were not nearly as good. Right. You finally get to the Phantom Menace, and now we've got Darth Maul doing the flippy flip all over. Right. They were what they were for 77, 81, and 83. Yeah. Uh, Are you excited for The Last Jedi or whatever it's called? I'm not excited. No, not at all. No. Stone I'm not excited. I have four figures from it right over your uh, right shoulder, and yet I don't care. Okay. Are you just maxed out? Like, you you just don't... I see them, I like them, and then I forget them. Okay. They just don't stick with me. Right. I don't care about the characters yet. Of course I cried when Han Solo died. That part absolutely Pretty stuck. Good, right? That yeah. that part stuck with me. That got me, and it was well done. Yeah, yeah, very well done. But I'm also not excited to see the new adventures of Finn and Jerko and <laughs> Raymond and all these other characters. I just I don't care about them yet. Yet I might. Okay. <laughs> uh, can I go back to wrestling? I asked you what your uh, best show or your favorite show. Hands down, what. If you had to say, what was the worst show, or like your least favorite? Oh, God, that's easy. Okay. There are two. Okay. Um, But the second worst was a show we did at a tiny dive bar in Green Bay off of Main Street by the McDonald's called Club Rocks, it was called. It was horrendous. (laughs) Just horrendous. I forgot who set that show up. Maybe Weasel? Uh, but it was bad. I mean, there was that one point in time where they had to kick everybody out of the locker room because they were bringing liquor through and none of us could see that they had bought it at the grocery store, which is actually a bar can't do that. They have to go through distributor. Correct. So in, hiding it, they said, everybody get out of here. And then they were carrying truckloads full of grocery store bought liquor through. Uh, it was it was just horrible. The power, they we blew their power before the show even started. And that was okay. still when we taped things. So it was a big deal. Right. Um, just dirty, filthy all around. Plenty of people can tell you uh, about Club Rocks. But the worst one was a show in a tiny little town called Norman. I've heard of this. You heard of Norman? I've heard of it. Shane would tell us the Norman story all the time. Yeah. I think we did it in front of like seven paid, and three of them were screwing John Johnson, so that's why they came. Well, there were, there were, we actually did a, a promo where uh, I was shooting on the people in the graveyard for being uh, the most in attendance. Set the whole story for the Norman show. Like, who, who got the venue, or who got the sponsors, who, who, who got the pay? Like, what, what was the whole deal? I don't recall all the details, but I know it was set up by a guy who everybody called Bull. Do you know Bull? Bull? Bull. B-U-L-L. I do not know Bull. Uh, on the inside, we called him Horse Kick because he acted like he had been kicked in the head by a horse. Okay. <laughs> horse nice kick. enough guy. Meant well, but 
very, very frustrating to try and translate sometimes. Sure. But he had a trailer. This was pre-bus. 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 He had a trailer, and he had a large storage garage out in, uh, towards Kiwani. Okay. And so he got us a lot of those shows that were out in the middle of nowhere. He knew a bar, and he, do, do, you, I can't. I'm not going to mock him, or I'll be like Trump here. But you know, there's a there's a specific bull impression. Okay. Uh, he got us Norman. I'm not sure how or why, but I'm pretty sure we just ended up doing it as a favor, and and we made a big deal. We we put a scaffolding up. We had an X Division scaffolding match. Okay. Where TW3 and Bobby V and. Uh, Dylan hates that show because it was part of the schedule that he was going to lose his X Division belt on that show. It was to set something else up, but he hates the fact that he lost his belt in front of seven people. And to this day, hates me for that. But it was predetermined. Big surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it was a big, giant spot off the scaffolding. So anyway, I actually, on that show, uh, scored a pinfall victory as the Shark Attack Kid over Pete Sisko. The Shark Attack kid is 3-0, and and one of, one of those wins came in Norman. <laughs> Another one of those wins came in Escanaba over Adrian Lynch. Adrian Lynch. Yeah. Man, that, that's a name that you hear uh, with a lot of reverence, don't you? <laughs> you know, the longer he stays away and the longer his mouth keeps shut, the more reverence he'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was a very bitter person about a lot, but I think he's changed now. He doesn't post much on Facebook. No, he he doesn't, doesn't say a lot. He does not. He's kept the bitter to an extreme minimum, but you know what? I always... I I respected the fact that he gave enough of a shit to be bitter. Right. That's true. The yeah. ones that just let it go, the ones you know, hey, what happened to that guy? I don't know. What, what, right, was, right. what was Mason Diggs? Whatever. You know, <laughs> at least Adrian Lynch... Try and Lynch was also a guy that got a lot of sponsors back in the day too. You don't realize Lynch actually was my legitimate UWGB intern for a semester, <laughs> and got me tanning. I mean, he worked his own little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He cut lots of side deals, but yeah, you know yeah. what? Good on him for doing it. At least he wasn't like Bruno and just pocketing the cash from training, quote unquote, okay. damp. Uh, as we kind of start to wind down, uh, any any regrets? From from your wrestling past at all? I... Anything, if, anything that you look back and think, I wish I could have done that. Yeah, definitely. if I could change one thing, it would be not get involved in wrestling at all. Serious? Yeah. Not even for any of the, like, the people that you like that you've met through it? Or? It's a road I, w- it's, I would take a different path. Don't get me wrong, I, I love many of the people that I have met. Sure. But it also really destroyed my personal life. Sure. Absolutely, totally. And that is not to say that it's all wrestling's fault. I mean, I shared the blame and how I operated. Sure. Um, but I do regret it. I do absolutely regret ever getting involved with it. <laughs> so, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> segue off of that, uh, you're kind of involved in the local politics scene, mm-hmm. kind of seemingly. You know... What happened was, uh, a lot of people test the political waters. I decided I was going to cannonball. Okay. And then I decided that the waters were infected with uh, just awful algae, and I decided to climb out. Okay. And now I'm standing at poolside, looking at the pool, saying, clean yourself up. Clean yourself up. Yeah. Sure. I've, I, I was very seriously considering a run for mayor of Green Bay. Okay. Uh, which would require me moving to Green Bay. So, eh. Really like it in Howard. And then I decided, you know, I like it in Howard so much, why don't I stay in Howard and run for Brown County Supervisor? Okay. You're only essentially, it's it's like county congressmen. You're 126th of a vote 
on things that a lot of people can't separate city and county anyway. Sure. And I realized that they, there are a lot of issues. I'm not going to go into it on your podcast here because you're trying to wrap it up. But there are a lot of That's issues. Fine. A lot of issues with the county board. Sure. I, I admit, um, I'm thinking about the city politics again. Uh, yeah. Over the course of the last two weeks, the mayor has really stepped in it again. So I am actually part of the hashtag Drain the Bay movement. Drain the Bay. Drain the Bay. Uh, from alders to mayor and county board. Uh, I would like people to start paying attention to right. some of these people that guide the city and the county that we're in because there's rampant corruption. Well, I, I guess what's frustrating about Green Bay is that like, they're putting so much effort and investment into building up the Lambeau District and building up like the downtown yeah. Washington Street. Yes. And they're building all this, this housing, mm-hmm. but there's so much empty housing especially on the west side over here oh yeah 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 okay there's right, a lot right. of empty like houses and duplexes that realistically like if you're like going to school and you only make x amount of dollars a month a lot of these duplexes would probably be just fine for you yeah but you don't want to live them because you want to live where it's trendy and cool and so like I, mean, I, I don't know it's just it's just kind of strange to me how there's all this focus on these new apartments but like there's no no one's guiding people like hey there's these perfectly fine houses you just don't want to live over there because it's right by Highway 29 or yeah. something like that right um you know we could I could go on this for sure. my own show which hopefully one day I will have and uh, I'm sure your podcast or show will be much better than my shitty podcast I really am hung up on I want video okay. I would like live video and I would like an audience I mean I I really want sure. interaction with an audience uh, to me that is transparency. Two guys sitting in a bait. We're not getting any feedback. I'd rather be taking questions from the audience and things. Uh, I know you got what you're going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm also, as you should know, I'm extremely open and reachable. Right. And, in fact, little plug, if anyone listening to this, all eight of you, are not on (laughs) The Llama. Not The Lawn. The Lawn's its own thing. We don't talk about The Lawn. The Llama is a separate thing I have established. It is like a Green Bay water cooler a lot of it is on politics, but it done in a humorous, non-trolling way. Sure. The Greater Green Bay Society of the Llama is probably the hottest Facebook page going right now. We now have actual reporters putting their stories on the llama. Instead of me sharing them, yeah, they're yeah. like directly putting their stories up before they even get put on the PressGazette.com page. Is that, is that public paper? It public is public. Okay. It is public. And Absolutely. It's, it's the Green Bay... The Greater Green Bay Society of the Llama. Oh, okay. Any uh, any other plugs that you have out there, like uh, for for your side business, your, your karaoke thing? Well, or... you know, I, I I put about eight years down at the Slammer, and uh, now this, as many of you know, uh, now the Slammer is going in a different direction. Uh, no hard feelings, bro, but they're becoming a rough and tough biker country bar. Yes, they are. It, that's that's what they want. That's what they want. Yeah, that's what they want, and I don't fit into that. So I am looking for a new home uh, okay. in the Green Bay area, uh, where I can do my brand of entertainment whatever sure. it is a mix between DJing and karaoke if they want it and it's just you know it's it's a way of getting the people who are there to stay for more drinks okay they you know they're like why we don't want to go to the next bar let's stay here this is fun right that's all it is too many bars are like well how many people do you bring in that's not what it is the the question should be how long can you get people to stay correct you bring them to me I'll give them to stay so if I'm gonna plug anything else it's find me another home like the slammer in Green Bay how, how do uh, how do people reach you for that uh, on Facebook at Night Fever Entertainment. Okay. Facebook's great for business, I Facebook think. Facebook is, yeah. Yeah, so there's that. 
you know, a place like Richard Craniums would be nice. Sure. Okay. It would be perfect. I was stopped in there the other day and said hi to Carissa, so Fair we're enough. working on that. Okay. Well, thanks for being on, Jason. Sure. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, bud. Hey, guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Tune into the Indie Power Rankings reveal every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio, Filling the Void Radio Network. You can also subscribe to Filling the Void Radio Network on iTunes. Give a follow to the Indie Power Rankings on Twitter at Indie Power Ranking, no GS. Instagram at Indie Power Rankings. On Facebook, facebook.com slash Indie Power Rankings. You can also go to the website where you can see the top 10 for the week, the tag team top 5. Anything else independent wrestling related, Indie Power Rankings, IPR.wordpress.com. There it is. There you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. If you didn't, you can suck a big one or something. I don't know. I, I, I think it went pretty well. Uh, I, I still really like this podcast. I do apologize for the kind of layover in between. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is just a thing I do for 2017. Maybe it's something I take into 2018. I don't know. Uh, I kind of like how random it is. But at the same time, I wish I was just a little bit more disciplined. But hey-ho, what you going to do? With that, let's get into upcoming events. Uh, 11 10. Uh, I am at uh, MIW, uh, Minnesota Independent Wrestling. Mayhem, they present Mayhem at Merzen Hall in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. 8 p.m. start. Should be a fun one. It's myself and Joey Avalon against the Black Plague. Looking forward to that one. MIW is always a very fun, very fun place to wrestle. It's kind of more of a almost more of an old school kind of style of wrestling and I really enjoy it some some to stretch my wings I guess a little bit plus it can't be tonight in Minnesota right 11-11 ACW presents Fall Special at Tanner's Tanner's uh, Tanner's Bar and Grill Grill and Bar in Kimberly, Wisconsin 7pm start so the night after I tag with Joey I have to fight him so that's what that's the plan I'm going to beat the crap out of him make him make him wish he had never uh, been born. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm saying anymore. Eleven eighteen. Baba Louie's uh, Wisconsin Professional Wrestling presents Proving Ground at Baba Louie's in De Pere, Wisconsin. Seven p.m. start. Jordy Lee going against Bulletproof Ben McCoy, defending my WPW Championship. Should be a good one. Eleven twenty four. Legacy Pro Wrestling presents Showcase of Champions two. It is myself versus uh, Marcelo Spade versus Stevie Fierce. Uh, versus the winner of the 20-man battle royal or champions battle royal uh, in the main event. That should be a very fun one. That's at the American Serb Hall in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 7.30 p.m. start time. And 11.25, Pro Wrestling Battleground, one of my favorite places to wrestle at, presents Rice Street Rumble, 6 p.m. start, Wilbilski's Blue Saloon, St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm assuming that Joey and I are defending our Pro Wrestling Battleground Tag Team Championships, but either way, you know it's going to be a good one. So that's the schedule for the next couple of weeks, guys. Again, the end of the year gets pretty busy, pretty hectic. Uh, get at me if you want me. Best way to get at me is uh, bookjordylee at gmail.com. Bookjordylee at gmail.com. 
super fast way to get a hold of me as well as see some really stupid shit I post. Uh, the Twitter, at OJords, O-H-J-O-R-D-Z, O-H-J-O-R-D-Z. Instagram is the same as the Twitter if you want to see dumb pictures, O-H-J-O-R-D-Z. Uh, Snapchat, DizDiz75. Sometimes I really enjoy putting stuff there. Sometimes, most of the time, I really don't because I, I always say, man, I'm engaged. What do I need to Snapchat for? But I don't know. Maybe, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Either way. Um, but yeah, that's it, guys. Hope you stay warm. Hope you enjoy the rest of your November day or whenever you listen to this. I'm just the worst. Why do they give me a podcast? Peace.